Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we covered Tremors. Perfection. A scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. That's Edgar Deems. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Who could be doing it? Is that a snake? I'll give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. That's how they get you. They're under the ground. How could they eat a whole station wagon? But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these are local boys. You see, they're headed right for us. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground. You didn't get penetration even with the elephant gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Mega worms or suckers or... Or suckoids. Now, this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now, it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Tremors. Now, this year is the 31st anniversary for this. It was actually released on January 19th, 1990. So, about the time we watched it, coincidentally, was its 31st anniversary. Like, the day after we saw it, after the anniversary. <laughs> so, Which, it's pretty close. unbeknownst to us, it wasn't until we... I knew it was 1990 it had come out, but I didn't know it was literally this week. Yeah. 31 years ago. Wow. That's not, it seems crazy. The movie does look like it's 31 years old, though. <laughs> Yeah, of course, my DVD probably is uh, from 22 years ago or something. This one of the first DVDs I bought was Tremors, so it's probably from 98. So, uh, yeah, it might be time to upgrade. Well, the film has very recognizable faces if you, you know, are alive in the world and you've seen enough films. Uh, I'm just going to say two of them. Shad, you can take over the rest. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave the most recognizable ones for you to point okay. out. Uh, Fred Ward is in the film. Uh, he plays the character Earl. Uh, he's the counterpart to Val, who... Is, of course, Kevin Bacon. And, you know, he needs no introduction. Everyone fucking knows who Kevin Bacon is. And this guy, actually, when I saw him, I was like, oh my god, this is the guy from Big Business, who plays Rune um, from that movie. That's one of my favorite movies from the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, like, could watch that movie over and over and over again. Um, the other person is uh, Victor Wong, Wong, who plays Mr. Chang. Uh, he was in Big Trouble in Little China, Golden Child, Prince of Darkness. Yeah, I he's kind of John Carpenter's go-to guy when they need somebody in the movies. And, Shad? Uh, you've got, of course, Reba McIntyre in here, and a very surprise role for her. This is kind of different from what I ever expected to see her in at the time. And, of course, Michael Gross, fresh fresh off of Family Ties, is coming in here to play the exact opposite of his character on Family Ties, who was a liberal, gun-hating Democrat. And in this one, he's a gun-loving, hardcore Republican guy. 
who also was in Big Business. Oh, yeah. He was the other love interest in the film. That film came out in 1988, so two years later. They're in the same movie together. They're in the same movie together, So, which I thought was like hilarious and i'm like do you guys have the same agents like how did that work out did you like say hey i know a guy who could play this role we also have someone else in this one too that pops up in a much bigger movie later also about monsters oh yes you have uh what's her name ariana richards the little girl in this movie went on to be the young girl in jurassic park that saves everybody's ass with the computers at the end yes so she kind of had a thing for monster movies apparently yeah and then you never she's in things here and there but she as since left the Hollywood scene, and she's an actual professional painter. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. Well, good for her. Yeah, good for her. But yeah, she has that, that very recognizable face. Well, who if you have not seen Tremors yet, <laughs> then this is all going to be new to you. Um, I wasn't a big fan. Before, I, before we get into this, I actually want to dedicate this podcast that we're doing to my best friend, Carrie. She loves, uh, okay, this film to the point where we went to go watch it at like a free outdoor thing, like one of the local um, independent theaters that, were, that we have here. Actually, the only one, the NZN. And verbatim. She knows every single line in the film. It was like, I actually turned over to her and I was like, Carrie, for this, we could have just stayed home, gotten some fucking puppets, and we could have just reenacted this whole damn movie. <laughs> there was no need for us to leave the house. We could have just done this. So this mo- this goes out to you, Carrie. Uh, love you and hope you enjoy this uh, this specific podcast on Tremors, your, one of your favorite films. Yeah, if you haven't seen this, it's, of course, uh, a small town in the middle of the Nevada desert. Only about 14 people live there. And one day, giant underground worms show up and start killing everyone. And that's about it. The end. (laughs) (laughs) The film is kind of... It has like a 50s-esque feel. Yeah. Where it's like some crazy shit happens and it's either... I mean, I know those films are very specific. There's like some kind of isolation or, you know. There's uh, usually an atomic blast that sets everything off. But that's one of the things I always kind of liked about this one was they never really explained it. They were just like, hey, the giant worm showed up today. We got to deal with this shit. There was no deep digging into it. And, oh, there was an earthquake. They released a prehistoric pocket of gas that contained these worms. No, the worms just showed up, started killing people. They just showed up. Mind you, these people, the whole 14 of them, because that's the population <laughs> of this fucking town, 14 people, uh, <laughs> with an occasional uh, college student here and there coming to do like seismic activity readings and shit. Um, this, one of the lines from the film is, they're trying to decide, like, how did these fucking worms come to be? And Fred Ward is like, I vote for outer space. No way. These are local boys. Yeah, I love that one. So it's just like, yeah, they're here. The tremors, the worms, they're puppets. Like, in the film, obviously, it's not CGI'd. Um, there's some scenes where you can notice that it's a puppet. If you've ever worked a puppet before, um, <laughs> you can see kind of like the fabric, the way it like bends. And there's, 
you know, it doesn't take away from the film. I mean, I guess if you've never seen, and mind you, this is a fucking stretch, but if you've never seen a film where there wasn't CGI, and totally possible, I mean, depending on how young you are, then your eye's going to catch this stuff and you're going to hate the movie. Because, I mean, there, there's not going to be this amazing, you know... Yeah, and there's no point where, like, the worms jump up out of the ground or slithering across the ground in perfect. Most of the movie, they're hidden. You just see a very brief glimpse of them, or you see their tentacles coming out to grab people. That's about it. And one of the things that does kind of call attention to where you can see the seams on stuff is this movie takes place almost entirely during the day. Yeah, it's one of the few horror movies that take place in the day. Yeah, it's it's broad daylight through all the scenes that involve any kind of monster, really, except for one couple that get taken by the monsters early on. And even then, that they make it a point you don't really see the monsters even then. So, yeah, it's kind of a refreshing to see one that happens in the daytime because sooner or later, something's got to happen during the day in a horror movie, you know? Yeah, well, let me tell you. One, I would not live in a place where there was only 14 other people living there um, only because this town looks like the Wild Wild West happened and then, you know, people left and then some random people were like, oh, look, there's already like wooden houses and some structures let's just set up here our whole 14 people let's it's fucking it. weird that and i don't like that the septic tank in the one place is right in the front yard and they're just draining it that goes bad and there's just spewing shit everywhere that's never a good thing you you can't you know you can't get that out you can't just go back to your life after you had the septic tank explode all over your yard no I love no. how country and gung-ho these people are. Like, Reba McIntyre played and Michael Gross, they're, like, all about the guns, as Shad had mentioned early on before. And, I mean, Reba McIntyre, like, knows her shit. She's, like, uh, expert yeah, on Yeah, they've on the got guns. their, like, bunker built up on the hill. They've got a bunker that at one point he says they had food and water for five years, you know, 10,000 gallons of gas. They were set up for the apocalypse. He's still coming off of the whole, like, 80s Cold War. At any moment, we're going to be nuked. So he's living out in the desert where he's going to be fine. Yeah, you know what? They're not going to target big cities, you know, like New York, you know, or Chicago. They're going to go to, like, the Nevada town that has 14 people in it. That's the town I'm going to attack. Well, no, that's why he's there. It's because he figures they won't attack that one. Yeah, but he's mad. Like, he's acting like they're going to take in... I mean, he has a lot of ammo and a lot of, like well, you yeah, said... Well, yeah, he's worried about the Russians that are going to come on the ground later after they've nuked us. Because after they've sent 10,000 nukes over here, they're going to send all their soldiers to clean up, don't you know? I guess. Is it is it just me? And I, you know, I'm not trying to hate on the film. You know, it's not my favorite movie. I could... I, I shouldn't say I could care less, but it's just like, eh, okay, I'll watch it. It's entertaining. You know, I love Kevin Bacon and I love Fred Ward. I like the people in the film, the actors in the film. But when I was watching it again, I haven't seen this film since, I mean, literally probably since Carrie and I saw it, which is probably like seven years ago, if I had to like put a actual like time frame. Um, is this like the poor man's like Dune, like country style? <laughs> <laughs> well, they certainly did steal a lot from the uh, from Dune because just like in this, in Dune, the worms detect motion on the sand. They can feel you walking. They know to come get you. Yeah, this is the same kind of thing. The once they hear you, they're coming after you. These worms don't seem to produce spice though, so they didn't go all the way to Dune. Yeah, they didn't, I mean, 
there's enough, I guess, all the, isn't over there, there's like that red on the rocks. Yeah, the clay and all that. Yeah, yeah. so they, they were busy with that. And, you know, they weren't too smart. These weren't, they, there was a lot of times where they just literally committed suicide un, unknowingly. Yeah, the first one that's chasing them that just rams into like a uh, ravine, which was kind of strange to be out in the middle of it, because like a concrete, like, uh, what do you call it, uh looks like a canal or something. Yeah, it looks like a the, canal. Uh-huh. Just in the middle of nowhere there. But maybe it was like for flooding or something. I don't know. But it just rams into it full speed and kills itself. So, yeah, these aren't the smartest worms in the world. What's your favorite part of the film? Um, I really liked it where they're in the town at one point And they're all having to get up on the roof to hide out from the worms. Because... Just like for someone earlier, they could have just stayed up there and been safe if they'd been quiet, but eventually they would have all just died. You know, the worms wouldn't have touched them, but they would, the people would have all still died. Yeah. So it was one of those things like you're safe, but you're not safe. So you still, at some point, you're going to have to jump off and make a run for it. Who knows? These things are probably, I mean, maybe, can we just say it was like Night of the Comet style, where maybe they did come from outer space and landed somewhere and just slid it on into this area? Because it, there's nothing, oh, and it also reminded me of Fallout, like, there's nothing around for, like, miles. I mean, yeah. there, there's not going to be, like, a Taco Bell or, like, a Walmart around. I don't even know how these people got fucking supplies because... Well, they had Victor's store. Well, that yeah, was it. Well, they did have his store, but, I mean, damn. How did he get the stuff? Who's going out there? There's no Amazon this time. Like, who is going out there to drop off these supplies? Well, this is literally one of those things where, like, you go to the store once a month and supply, you know, stock up on all your supplies. He probably does the same thing. Goes into town, picks everything in a truck, drives it back, stocks everybody up from that. That town must have been, like, three hours away. Because, like, they do a lot of overview shots. It literally looks like they just came in and built this area just for the movie. And then that's it. Obviously, I know that not, this is not, I'm not, you know, it's like a real place that people lived in. But it just, the vastness of it all, it just seemed like they were in the middle, literally, of nowhere. Like, where was this college that these students were Well, they said the closest town was like 38 miles away. I think they said at one point it was like Bixby was like 38 miles. So Where there you go. That's, yeah, he would, yeah, because he really doesn't need to actually buy that many supplies for 14 people. No. You know. But that's one of those things, like, there's a certain mindset of people that they just want to be out away from everyone. And I I understand wanting to have, yeah, I understand wanting to have some privacy and having to ground it, but... When you're so far out that like it takes you three hours just to get to a, a store or something, or even even if it's 38 miles away, even if you you're still a half an hour away from the nearest you know convenience store to get gas to get anything, I, I don't want to live that far out because nothing good happens that far out in the middle of nowhere. Let's talk about right in the beginning. Um, we get introduced to obviously violin. What's his face? Earl. Earl. Literally said that earlier. Uh, Val and Earl, which sounds like a comedy show. And, you know, you get to kind of see, like, Val's interests in women. And he has very specific guidelines. They have to be blonde, legs for days, big boobs. And I think there, there was something else. That he has like some characteristics. If they don't fit, if the woman does not fit these guidelines, then they're dead to him. And which is interesting, considering how few people are around there. You'd think he'd just take whatever would have him. Exactly, but hey, you got to have your standards, right? Yeah. 
So, and yeah, we don't know where he found this other girl, his ex, the ex-girlfriend. Um, you know, they find out there's a new, there's a new grad student, there's a new student doing, um, the research and it's a woman and, uh, he, he's very excited to see, you know, if this woman's going to fit his criteria. He's praying, actually, he's praying that, it, you know, they get, he gets up to this girl and then they show her and she's the complete opposite. She's very short, you know, uh, short hair, dark brunette, you know, uh, brunette hair and doesn't fit any other criteria. So automatically she's an uggo. Like he doesn't care. Yeah. He's just done with her. He's like, Oh, never mind. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just whatever. Um, that part, (laughs) that part was so fucked up because it's just like, he's just so gago about what he wants. He's just living out in the middle of nowhere, but yet he's super picky. It's like, um, okay. Those are some pretty high. I mean, if you're stuck in the middle of nowhere, you're not going to get all those things. I mean, obviously, he met that other chick somewhere. So she may have been just passing by or he found her in that town 38 miles away and bought her over. Who knows? But, you know, that their whole like banter back and forth, it's so real. Yeah, you get the feeling that that's the thing that's, I think that really appeals to the people about this movie is that Everybody in the town feels like they genuinely get along. They feel like they've all been living there together for years, like kind of like a weird extended family. Because no one in this really seems to like actively dislike each other. Sometimes they're a little annoyed or whatever, but they all seem like they're all a family. They get along. They all live out there. They all hang out. They all have a good time. Even though they get annoyed at people from time to time. There's none of these like scenes in other movies where they're fighting the monster and they're like you don't know what you're doing you're an idiot you're a crazy person and they have to like the guy one guy goes crazy and tries to kill everyone else there's always that scene in all the movies where the one guy is going to sacrifice everyone else and they didn't do that in this one so i was kind of glad and i think that's part of the appeal of it like i said is it just people like the feeling of hey these are all good people they're going to get along and help each other yeah and the people were relatable you may have known a val you may have known an earl like you may have known someone like that person you we've all known the guy that has too many guns you know and that thinks he's going to be a hero when the invasion comes but when it really happens he's going to be running for the hills um the scene i did not like is when the poor horse dies that scene like oh and the scene that annoyed the shit out of me is this idiot who gets sucked in the car in the fucking ground and, you know, is supposed to running... Now, mind you, was running out of the car, like, jumping out and running going to save her? Maybe. Who knows? We don't know because we never see that. But then we learn because we we haven't learned that yet about the whole vibrations that they're able to, like, sense that. But just her sitting there, like, she knows the car's getting sucked into the ground. Get the fuck out! (laughs) She ended up buried, like, Lois Lane style from the first Superman movie. Wow, you bought it there. Yeah, I nerded it up. Sorry, you did. You did nerd it up. Um, the other scene is uh, when uh, the uh, researcher girl literally has to get out of her pants, and it's the fastest I'm sure any any girl has gone out of her pants for Valentine. <laughs> like she just gets out, and she's wearing them like big old grandma panties. Well, yeah, it was a PG-13 movie. She wasn't going to have sexy panties on. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be a thong, but, I mean, damn. I didn't think they had thongs back in 1990. That came later. I don't know. I I, I cannot attest to that at all, so I, I don't know. But, yeah, that scene said that she's just walking around with her underwear for a little bit. 
Which, I mean, yeah, if I was going to be dragged into the fucking earth, I'm taking out my pants. I don't care what the fuck. I could have been wearing no pants. I mean, no underwear underneath those pants. I'm out of the pants instantaneously. Um, It's going to be a little awkward afterwards. But you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, you got to survive. Well, they did find pants because apparently Victor carries some pants there at the store. Or I'm sorry, Walter. Victor Wong's the actor, but in the show is Walter Chang. Uh, yeah, apparently he had some pants in there because she got some of those real, look like the old-fashioned tough skin jeans you bought from Sears. <laughs> she got some of those. Uh, Mr. Chang, when he when his number's up, he dies, but he dies with jazz hands, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck was that. Go to that scene and just see he's like waving his hands like this, and then he gets sucked in the earth, and I'm like, what the hell was that about? <laughs> well, the effects in this... It, Everyone that works on the effects of the, on this is basically everyone that would go on to be KNB. Because the effects on it, it's like Howard Berger, Alex Kirksman, uh, Greg Nicotero, all this kind of stuff. They're all working on it, along with Alec Gillis and that Tom Woodruff. All the people that did effects for Aliens and all this kind of stuff. Everybody that worked on those movies worked on this. So you get that level of effects with it, even though you're dealing with giant puppets, they still look pretty convincing because of that. So when he's getting pulled under in there, it looks really good. No, it does look really good. Um, it's the smaller, it's the smaller ones that, you know, the little baby ones or whatever. Yeah, there's not much they could do with that really because the small like tentacle things that have like a mouth on them, if they're not CGI, literally like you said, you've got somebody's hand in there just working out like a sock puppet. And with not with it being broad daylight, you couldn't hide any wires or anything, so they had to just go old school on that. Yeah, no, the film definitely it's uh, it looks good for its time, and especially because it is you know puppetry, and it's you know that's something it's an art form. So you yeah, have to thirty one years later, it still holds up pretty well. Yeah, I mean the movie was still very enjoyable. Um, you know, it's just one of those things like I know there's like a huge cult. Never seen any other never seen any of the sequels. There's like four of them, right? No, there's like six sequels. They're up to like Tremors Seven now and a full T V series on sci fi that did thirteen episodes. Wow. Never seen any I don't know anything about any of that other stuff. I saw one of the sequels. I saw the second one back when it first came out because it went straight to video and I was working at Hastings at the time and it's okay. The only one of the cast of that, only the only cast that comes back in that one is uh, Fred Ward and Michael Gross. And then after that, only Michael Gross came back. No one else came back for any of the other sequels to it. And I think part of the appeal of this too is like this is a good like starter horror movie for people. Like for a younger person that's first starting to get into horror, and you like you want to show them like maybe like a. 11, 12 year old that you want to show them a horror movie, but you don't want to, you know, dump them right in the middle of something too extreme. You start them off with something like this. There's scares, there's blood and guts, but it's not too extreme. It's not going to put anybody, you know, curled up in a fetal position on their bed, you know? Yeah, it's PG-13, so... You're not going to get too rough with it. It, it is a perfect little movie for introduction, an introduction to horror-esque or sci-fi. Yeah. Sci-fi horror. A little bit of that. And like I said, the sequels, I really haven't watched any of them, so I can't really... I've just seen that second one. I remember it being okay. Not as good as the first one, obviously, but I'm sure with as with anything else, the, the, more, the further you go, the worse they get. It's kind of sad that, I mean, you told me that they had a reunion and no one went to the reunion just like only one person michael gross was the only one that showed up he's the only one proud of it he's like look man i was in the facts of life oh like uh not the facts of life family ties family ties (laughs) 
family ties for so long and uh i was just happy to get work after that and i am gonna show up to this because i love this film i hey, look, like kept, obviously he was in like all of them they kept paying us. him to come back so he would kept coming back i don't blame him hey a paycheck is a paycheck yep throw money at him i like one of them is even i think the fourth one maybe is even a prequel like it takes place in the wild west Wow. It's like the Old West, and some of, he's even in that one playing like his grandfather that owns the land that he would eventually... Wow, they Back to the Future 3, that shit? Yeah, they did that. Wow. Okay, I'm very interested to see that one, because I loved Wild West movies. Yeah, this one, I, let me look to be sure, but I think it's Tremors 4 is in the Wild West, and that was one I've been wanting to see for a while, but I haven't. I just haven't gotten around to it, because these are actually kind of hard to find online uh, right now, so... Yeah, it is Tremors 4. Well, um, I think that we saw that they're on Hulu. Yeah, they're on Hulu now, I believe. Um, but of course, I had the DVD. Oh, Lord. In part four, Billy Drago is in it. So you know that's going to be insane. Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's that's going to be something. Because uh, Billy Drago, man, that guy was unique. Black Hand Kelly. <laughs> Sounds like his Briscoe County Jr. character. They just kind of ported that over. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty intense. I, I we have to find this movie. And we have to watch it ASAP, cause I love me some Wild West. And there's tremors going about. Come on. Ah, uh, if they get a Gatling gun, it'll be perfect. Wow. Now, didn't the guy? I think the guy that directed this movie also did. Also was a writer in the Wild Wild West movie with Will Smith. Cause I was just gonna make. A freaking, it's like S.S. Wilson. I was going to make a joke <laughs> on the number four, on Tremors oh, 4. Okay. I was going to make a Wild Wild West joke. I was like, so they're in Wild West. Is Will Smith singing the song? Ooh, let's hope not. Because that movie's a hot train wreck. Yeah, that's we will not be covering that anytime soon. Oh, yes, he did write the Wild Wild West movie with Will Smith. Jesus Christ. So he was all about it. Holy shit, he wrote Short Circuit as well? Jesus, this guy really has a niche, doesn't he? Okay, so we definitely... That's going on our list. Maybe one day in the future we'll revisit. Oh, God, he also wrote Ghost Dad with Bill Cosby. Ooh. That... That's, that's one you want to race from the from Yeah, the that's one that you have a special request for IMDb to remove. Jesus First of Christ. all, the fucking movie is called Ghost Dad. It's terrible. That's a terrible, terrible title for a film. It, unless it's the follow-up to The Entity. Damn. <laughs> the Entity 2, Ghost Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the only way I would accept that title. <laughs> That would be fucking amazing. We should make that right now. Does she just... Okay, now, not to, you know, step away from Tremors. Now, I have questions. When she gives birth, does the ghost just, like, just pop out of her belly? Is it flo- going through her canal? Like, it's a ghost dad, not a ghost baby. No, I know, but... Keep up. <sighs> but you can... You, in order to be a ghost dad, you have to have a child... So if he raped her in the entity and they had a ghost baby, therefore he's the ghost dad, there has to be a baby involved. Do you see? No, I'm just saying he's a ghost dad. Doesn't say there's a ghost baby. The baby's real. That's going to be the struggles as her, as a, as a, you know, with a ghost father and, and, and a normal child. It's going to be str- tough for her to live in this modern world. No, 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 no. All right, fine.
No, I, 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 I want to see the ghost baby. <laughs> ghost baby. The ghost dad. Does he have to pay like, a, you know, support for the child? Well, good luck getting a hold of him. He's a ghost. <laughs> well, this went off the rails quick. Well, I think that um, that sums that we bring it, you know, to the end there. That just ended the whole podcast for Tremors. I give the film two and a half knives. I'm going to go. I like this movie a lot. So I'm giving it three and a half. Wow. Three and a half. That's pretty. That's a pretty strong. Let's go back. I wish I knew off the top of my fucking head what other movie you've given three and a half knives and be like, you think it's up to that caliber, but that's fine. That's fine. I respect your three and a half knives. Hey, I saw this in the theaters, so, you know. Wow. Wow. You forget, old man Youngblood here has been around for a while. <laughs> I saw this in the theaters. I did not see it in theaters. There was three other people in the theater with me. Because I don't think this did very well. Was Ghost Dad there? Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but yeah, this seemed like it did okay, like ticket sales wise when it came out, but it didn't like you know set the box office on fire. Probably because it's a horror movie coming out in January, you know. Yeah, but then I mean, it it it, it cost eleven mil. They made sixteen mil. They got their money back, and that was in U.S. like domestic. So they got their money back. I'm surprised they didn't make a sequel. So usually, but I mean, at that time, I would think that if it got its money back, then it was successful, period. Because I mean, it's 1990 for Christ's sake. I can't even, what Batman came out in like 89, right? I wonder how much money, but that more than freaking, I'm assuming $11 million went into making that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one, it just wasn't the runaway hit they wanted it to be. So, you know, it wasn't until they made that. So they released it on home video that it really became big because it was a big renter when I worked at the video store. We had multiple copies of it. People were always watching it. And when the sequel came out, it was a big deal. So it's one another one of those ones in the 90s, like in the 80s and 90s, you get those movies that they did okay at the box office, but people kind of forgot about them. Then when they hit the video stores, they went crazy. Yeah, because everyone was like, I have to get this and I'm paying like freaking 50 cents to rent it. So Yeah, and this is another one too that may not have been, you know, in 10,000 screens. It may have only been in, you know a thousand screens or whatever so you did, probably did pretty well for that but you know once it hits the video store where everybody can see it it's a big deal yeah well i guess that's the whole thing with like the success of scream like horror had dropped off after the 80s like it wasn't horror films weren't like a big thing from like 1990 to like 1996 yeah they were being made here and there but it wasn't like scream caliber where you were like b- box office you know craziness because even Wes Craven's movies like, you know, Vampire in Brooklyn and that were kind of bombing. Mm. John Carpenter had come out within the Mouth of Madness, but in true Carpenter fashion, it didn't do very well. And No, none of those movies don't. It's so wild. I just don't get it. I mean, I guess... Like, John Carpenter's like the greatest horror filmmaker there is, and all these movies have bombed. Yeah, well, no. Well, Halloween not Halloween. was successful. Halloween was successful, but after that, it's been like, no one's giving a shit in the theaters, but then 10 years later, everybody loves it. Yeah, which is, it's sad, because it's just like, come on, guys, get on the saddle. It's a good, it's a good film. You know, I'm not saying every John Carpenter movie is good, but, you know, for the I'll say part. everything up to, like, 95 is great. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode on Tremors, and stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. 
We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.